Can I check you for ticks? Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Can I Check You for Ticks? Today, we're going to continue our chat about Lyme disease, or if you want to sound really smart, Borrelia burgdorferi. Just in case you forgot about what was covered in the last episode, I'll give you a little recap. In the last episode, I introduced you to the disease and you learned that Lyme is a spirochete bacteria. You learned where it's prevalent, how you can contract it, and some of the various symptoms. But what I didn't tell you is how those symptoms can manifest and the stages they come in. So today we're going to really get into it and go in depth about a few of those symptoms and how they can present themselves. But I know since the last episode, you've been being super careful out there on those trails, right? So you have nothing to worry about. Now, this is the part where you lie to me and say, yes, Miranda, of course we've been wearing tick repellent and checking for ticks after our hikes. And now I'm going to pretend to believe you. But just in case you have it, let's chat about what symptoms you have to look forward to. So you've been bitten and infected by a tick. What happens next? Well, the symptoms of Lyme disease come in stages, and those stages are early localized, early disseminated, and late disseminated. During the early localized stage, the bacteria hasn't spread yet, and you're probably doing a happy dance right now thinking, that's great, I still have time to avoid the symptoms, right? Well, you thought wrong, because roughly 7 to 14 days after you've been bitten, you'll most likely start to develop erythema migrans. Now, you're probably scratching your head in confusion wondering what the heck that is, right? It sounds scary, but don't worry, you aren't dying or anything, so don't go rushing over to your lawyer to get your will in order. Erythema migrans is a rash that develops because of that nasty infected tick bite. Once Borrelia burgdorferi enters the skin, the presence of the bacteria in the dermis, which if you didn't know is the second layer of your skin, initiates the innate immune response in your body. Those nasty spirochetes then replicate locally and move away from the bite so they can wreak havoc on other parts of your body. And that leaves you with a rash that resembles a bullseye, which is why it's more commonly called a bullseye's rash. And it's at this point that I'd strongly advise you to stay away from your local archery and gun ranges because you've literally become a walking target. But getting the bullseye's rash isn't all that bad because it can actually help you. Now, I know you're probably thinking I'm insane, right? I mean, how in the world could a rash be a good thing? Well, it's a good thing because the bullseye's rash can actually get you diagnosed with Lyme disease. Remember, I told you Lyme is a master of disguise. So it does a really good job of giving you symptoms that can present as other things like the flu or chronic fatigue. And if you catch it at this stage, your chances of beating it are pretty good with the round of antibiotics. Other symptoms that can pop up during the early localized stage are chills, fever, headaches, and a sore throat. So you can see why if you don't present with erythema migrans, why you might get misdiagnosed. Now, if you do get a misdiagnosis and aren't treated, the bacteria has more time to spread throughout your body and affect other areas like your musculoskeletal system. And this usually occurs during the early disseminated stage. It's during this stage that the bacteria will cause migrating musculoskeletal pain of the bursae, tendons, muscle, bone, or joints in one or even a few locations at a time. And that can last hours or even days. But the real issue with the musculoskeletal system comes when the bacteria specifically affects the joint. And this happens during the late disseminated stage. It's during this stage that you'll most likely start showing signs of Lyme arthritis. And no, I'm not talking about the kind your grandma has. Lyme arthritis occurs when the Borrelia enter joint tissue and cause inflammation. And if it's not treated, permanent damage to the joint can occur. 
More often than not, Lyme affects the knee joint, the largest and most complicated joint in your body. The knee joint is kind of like an everything but the kitchen sink cookie. They added everything but the ability for it to do the job we needed to do efficiently. Your knee is made up of three joints, cartilage, menisci, ligaments, and at least 12 bursae. And unlike other joints of the body, the knee relies on internal components rather than external components to keep it stabilized. Like I said, it's complicated. So throwing Lyme arthritis in there isn't doing it any favors. The key features of Lyme arthritis is obvious swelling of the joint. The joint may feel warm to the touch and can cause pain during movement, which would make doing activities that involve the knee, like walking on those beautiful New England trails, quite difficult. Joint swelling can also come and go or move from joint to joint. So needless to say, if you're a really active person, you don't want to get this. I mean, imagine going from being wicked active to having achy and swollen joints. I mean, you'd have something in common with your grandma that you can bond over, but it would suck. So I feel at this point, I've confuddled you and scared you enough with all this talk of rashes and sore muscles and achy joints. So I'll stop here for now and let you take in all that information, but meet me back here in a few weeks and I'll tell you why you'll want to think twice about being cautious out on those trails. And don't forget, check yourself for ticks.